Bro, what's up, man? What's going on? Yes, man. Everything is good. It's good to see you right now, man. Really, really good to see you. Thank you for joining us again. Um, mm-hmm. How is everything going? How are you coping right now during this lockdown? Not too bad, man. You know, still cranking, still working. Actually, just got out of a session, so you know, still, still holding it down, man. Keeping busy. Nice, nice, nice. So, how has mm-hmm. it been in terms of um? keeping all your creative energies together. I know this is kind of a tough time for a lot of creatives. You know, how has it mm-hmm. been? Well, I won't lie. It was hard in the beginning. You know, you had some days where, you know, you would just wake up and you would just eat and go back to sleep. You know, you know, you didn't feel like doing anything, you know, but, you know, eventually, you know, start do some reading, some research, and I just psyched myself back up, really. And that's why we're here now today on this interview. Because we go. got something to, to deal with and talk about. <laughs> yes, absolutely. The willpower is strong. I could see mm-hmm. it. I could see it. So I'm going to jump right into it. You just released your album, Other mm-hmm. Side. Um, I took a listen to it from top to bottom. I got to say, brother, I love it. You know, nah, it's keeping, keeping the vibes up. I love, I love all the grooviness, the bashment, the sweet soca, the little bit of the experimental in there. Um, mm-hmm. Tell me a little bit more about it, you know. Um, the tracks, uh, how was the creative process? You know, let us know all the info about this mean album. Yeah, man, for sure. It's called The Other Side. Um, you know, it shows a different side of uh, me musically. Um, as you said, with the experimental stuff, you know, like I low key like that stuff a lot. So, like, I find, you know, we can't really do it much in soca because, you know, soca is a lot of fetting and rags and waves, whatever the case may be. But uh, putting the project together was, wasn't that hard because, you know, we always making music. And, you know, we had a couple of songs just sitting down, you know, from like as far back as 2017, you know. So we just, you know, put them together, you know, decide all right, what direction we're going to go. And, you know, we just went with it, man. And the other side was born. Amazing, man. Yeah, I, I really loved it, you know, because I felt like I was kind of getting the best of Just D. You know, I was getting, you know, a lot of your, your well-known mm-hmm. songs. I was getting some of the stuff that I wasn't too familiar with. And I, I really enjoy that. Um. I want to ask something. I, I usually save this question for later on, but usually you touched on it already. But um, one of the things I'm most fascinated with with soca artists is um, do you, some people might say that soca as a genre might limit people's creativity because we as fans have an expectation of what it is and what it should sound like, you know? Mm-hmm. For you as an artist, do you find that Soka lets you really bring out your most creative energies or do you find that you have to venture into other genres to really creatively express yourself? Um, a bit of both. Both. It kind of depends on, you know, what type of artist you are. You know, if you're the type that would more follow rather than, than try to lead and, and try to do your own thing and, and have people accept you for it. But sometimes, on the other hand, sometimes I would say that, you know, it, it could limit you a bit because like, you might want to sing a sad song, but a sad song might not really kick off in the fact. And we all know if you don't really happening in the fact, then you ain't going to really get the bookings and the forward, you know, that you're looking for. So it, it, it kind it kind of limit you a little bit. Cool, man. Yeah, I always like to see, you know, where, like, where do artists need to draw that line, you know, between, you know, mashing up effects and, 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 you know, keeping that momentum versus actually getting to express how they feel, you know, because I mean, the way that I look at music is that it's always a form of expression, right? So 
it's good to hear that. And I could definitely get that that vibe um, on your album that there was there mm-hmm. was so many emotions and and other sides of you that we were we were getting to hear that we might not get to get any fets because you know it could be limited to you know a certain number of t- a certain amount of time that you might have to be on stage or certain songs that you know will have to kick off. So that's right. good to hear. That's really good to hear. Um, it's really rare I find right for for mm-hmm. soca artists to do albums I, I find the industry is a bit based more on single tracks and eps so what made you decide to venture more into doing a full-on album well a couple of things um one in the beginning my heart was really into like pop and r&b and hip-hop and you know we all know those genres you know the artists release a lot of albums along with singles um two we unlocked don't know I, I felt like i needed something you know, to stay relevant as well, to keep me busy, to keep me from being depressed, you know, that I could be doing these kind of lives and have something to talk about. And just the fact that, you know, music for me is a full-time thing. So, like, I, I, I can't stop. You know, I feel like I need a couple albums in my um, repertoire. I remember I was at this show one time, and the guy was introducing Sizzler, and he was, like, 50-something albums. And in my brain, I was like, yo, if this man got 50-something albums, you know how much songs... You know, he have, like, his catalog got to be deep. You know, I that's where I would like to be. So I, I decided, you know what, let me just start with an album. And it just, it just seemed like now was the perfect time where everybody listening. That's amazing, man. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite tracks on the song was um, Tighter. Like, I was listening to mm-hmm. that on repeat. It's just, it just the, the whole vibe with it. And um. I noticed you had like some of the, the Latin vibes in there, you know, for that specific track. What made you want to go into that direction of it, incorporating specifically, you know, that, that vibe and that culture? Well, one, I was in Miami, um, I think it was 2018, and we went by one of these malls and they were just banging some, some, some Latin music, some reggaeton. So I was like, yo, I, I, I could do something like this. So that's how tight it came about. You know, and then my, my thing was to, to try to get in a different market. Like, you know, that whole Spanish market. It's just a, a whole other side. You know, so that was one of the reasons for me doing Titan and, and trying to cross the border and get some attention from somewhere else other than just the Soka Arena. Really dope, really dope. Yeah, man, I could definitely see, you know, that, that being a, a vibe and a trend. And, of course, I'm just going to take a quick look into the comments real quick. But Paul saying, mm-hmm. yeah, nine was different. The album has a lot of vibes and it's dope. Soka and Champagne, big up yourself. Jay, loving Bless how up. you did the album. Um, and yeah, so speaking speaking of Nine, I know, you know, that was one of your, your flagship songs, you know, I mean, to this day, still one yeah, of the most trending <laughs> songs out of Barbados. Can you give us a little bit of background into Nine? Well, Nine, what can I say about Nine? Nine was one of those turning points, you know, in my career as an artist. You know, where I decide, you know what, I'm just going to think like Kanye and just do what I feel, what I like. And, you know, who like it, like it, who don't like it, like it. But at the same time, I was I was seeing, okay, there's a trend right now where you had you had songs like Fast Wine, you had songs by like Cartel, that they all had the same BPM, Rock and Come In. And I felt like, okay, if I do release nine, you know, then the DJs will have something else to play with plate with and it wouldn't get lost and it was a it was a great decision to just work out the time it was just perfect amazing man yeah um hearing you say that you know it really uh, echoes something i heard rick rubin say um which was that when you create great art you know it's really great if some people really love it and some people really don't like it 
and mm-hmm. the people who love it, they will really, really love it. And I think in this case, Caribbean people all over love that tune for sure. For yeah, sure. boy, <laughs> sure. <laughs> so I see you've been keeping busy during the lockdown. You know, you, you have you have your album. Um, you know, you release Boom Bam when your latest tunes on the album as well. Yeah, man. Um, why why is it still important to release music during this time? Well, I, I don't want to be depressed. Said that earlier, but then it's also important, you know, to you know, to give people vibes because right now a lot of people home, a lot of people sad and and you know feeling down. You know, music is the, is one of the few things that could help you know build up people, especially with all of these carnivals being cancelled. Like, I mean, yourself, myself, a bunch of people on this live, we we carnival holics. We look forward to just hopping around carnivals, meeting our friends that we haven't seen for like half of the year. You know, you know, to then hear it cancel. And then on top of that, artists not sure about releasing music, more depression. So I just decided, you know, man, I'm gonna be one of the Lone Rangers and just put out put out some music for the people. Real vibes, yeah. I could see you taking charge, man. It's it's important, and I, I definitely think that you know, with this album and stuff like that, a lot of people really feeling the vibes that you had to offer. Um, Barbados, Barbados, especially and and Bajan music has such a distinct style, right? Um, mm-hmm. Could you explain a little bit more about the music? Like, what is the sweet soca? What is what is the bashment and kind of everything mm-hmm. in between? Well, the bashment, the bashment is is like. What you would say, jerk down music. You know, if you're on a cruise and bashment come on, you're going to get that extra ranchy dancing, you know, with the women 625 in and <laughs> whatever the case may be. Um, the groove is, to me now, is more like, you know, let me say the, the crossfire, where you get that more sway and the, the groan, the older folks, you know. But I feel like, like Barbados music is kind of like more edgy. In terms of the delivery, in terms of the the way how the bass is 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 hit down and how the drum pattern is set out, yeah, definitely a little more edgy. <laughs> definitely, yeah, and I could feel that especially whenever I listen to Bashment, especially it's just mm-hmm. like it's just like a type of raw energy, right? Um, pure instructions. Exactly, pure instructions. Where do you kind of see the future of? Bashment Soka going? Do you kind of see it maybe staying like traditional? Do you kind of see it evolving and changing? Like, how do you see it for yourself, especially as an artist? Well, you know, I definitely see it evolving. I mean, a perfect example of that would be Manager. Manager was a, a nice fusion of uh, Bashment, but it still had in dance all, and it was able to even surpass nine, you know, and t- to this day it's still growing. So I, I see it going, f- you know, as far as any other genre. Maybe the way how artists um, interpret it or shape it up will make the difference. So I definitely see it going further past the shores. Amazing. A manager is definitely one of my favorite tunes as well. Can you give us a little bit of the, the backstory of manager too? Well, <laughs> manager was a vibe. We had, we had um, a competition here. I think it was the first time we were having the Bashman Soka. First or second time. One, one of those. And I was just chilling with Paul here in the studio and uh, a secret a lot of people that don't know the drums on manager are, they actually came from the song only thing she know i just changed the bass and the keys so we were just vibing and trying to find a, a, a concept and i think i i can't remember exactly um, i think either paul or myself say said raise your hand if you don't need a manager and then the other person said 
but you only need a man who can manage you. And then we just start freaking out, like, yo, this tune rock. And, and I don't know, it just happened, man. We didn't even spend, like, 20 minutes creating that tune. It's just That's crazy, the energy. The creative energy just came in and, and made that tune just what it is. That's, that's incredible, you. you know. I find then, somebody... And, go ahead, yeah. Now, then I was saying, and then when we released it, like, it just shot instant. Like, I remember Puffy said, yeah, we could come in the studio. He's going to drop it. And he had never even heard it, you know. And he just dropped it. And then after that, the tune just blasts off. People were calling us like, yo, how we get that tune to bust so fast? We, we didn't even know. You know, it, it was just an energy at the time, man. Hey, right place, right time, right people, right energies, definitely. Um, I want to big up Jell real quick in the chat. Big up yourself. Alyssa, we got yeah. Toronto in the building. Um, I got a question for you here, Justy, from one of the, the people in the chat from Mr. Tabletop. Mm -hmm. Bring it up for you. Outside of your music, what are some of your favorite soca songs for 2020? 2020? Well, I mean, a lot of tunes didn't really drop for 2020. So, <laughs> um, uh, the new voice tune, yeah, that, that's actually a real, real nice vibe. Um, uh, who else? Who else? Who else? Who else? Who else? Who else? I don't know. I probably need to go back to 2019. That's fine too. No yeah, worries. 20, 2019. Um, Cast Boss Lady. Me yeah, too. big, big tune that, big tune that. Um, who else? Um, my brain just taking this so many songs. Patrice, any well, anything Patrice, like, anything carry Patrice. On? Yeah, carry on, man. That oh, is a big tune, one. Right? <laughs> yeah, boy. Um, Drew had a song, uh, my kind of party too. Yeah, I mean I had a hand in it, but that was one of my favorite songs. Not being biased, but just saying. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, plenty of great tunes, and now people have the Just D repertoire to listen to as well. So. I know that Just D has evolved over time, right? Mm -hmm. um, I know, you know, you were Young Dynasty, then yeah. Young D, <laughs> and then Just D. So Just can D. you tell me a little bit more about how you as an artist have changed and evolved over time? Like, what was mm -hmm. your first experience with music and what propelled you to go down this path? Okay, well, from the time I was young, I always wanted to be into the music industry. Like, I was blessed to know what I want to do. Um, after I left school, I went into a competition. I had a group, we came third, a competition here called the Richard Stout. After that, Young Dynasty was born because I wanted to be a rapper. I used to listen to Ja Rule, 50 Cent, all of them guys, and try to impersonate them. But what would happen is every time I go into the radio station, the DJ would say Young D, Young D, Young D, Young D. So eventually the dynasty just disappeared. So... After trying to rap, I, I was doing the hip-hop festival, Miss Barbados World, that kind of stuff, shipping. Um, after that, I realized, well, hip-hop wasn't really happening, you know, in Barbados. How else am I going to get known, get some recognition? So then I started to listen to Soka and study it, you know. So I put out a one or two songs that didn't really do anything. And then I got in touch with Rupee's DJ, a guy called Alvin Toppin. So I, I sent him a song to send to Rupi, and he sent it. And then to my surprise, Rupi, you know, he came back. He was like, yo, I love this tune, whatever the case may be. And then he was the first artist to actually take a song from me. So then Young Lee was born. After that, I got a call by Chris Allman, a legend in the game. Went by Chris Allman's studio. 
and I started to meet a whole heap of songwriters, a whole heap of artists would pass through and say, well, send me some vibes, let me see what you got. And then from there, you know, it, it just picked up. You know, I, I ended up writing, working with Sanctuary, writing for Mr. Dale, Biggie, working with Mikey, a whole heap of everybody. So then one day Chris was like, yo, D, you know, you should do soccer, but just do it your way. You know, and I like listening, so I just took his advice and funny enough, management, he wasn't management at the time. He realized I was writing and he hit me up on Facebook to do a project with Ayoctane. And then he said, yo, what, what, do you, what do you think about coming back out as an artist? And I said, sure. And then we just, we sat down, we had some conversations and we came up with like a three-year plan. And Justy was born right after that. We just dropped the young D and left it as Just D. That's amazing. So it was definitely a journey with some very, very inspiring and influential people. That's, that's, an, that's a really, really awesome story. Um, yeah, man. I know you mentioned some big names there already. Were there any specific artists who uh, you felt were really inspiring to you? Um, I know you had mentioned some of the mm -hmm. hip-hop and your rap artists. Uh, mm -hmm. Are there any artists, you know, in, inside the genre of soca and outside that you felt were your biggest inspirations? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I, I used to look up and I still do look up to Rupee a lot, mainly because of his sound. Because, you know, he, he always had that crossover. So to me, it felt like, okay, I could go in that line because I like that sort of music. And that's where I would like to end up. You know, um, Marshall, of course, can never, can't ever forget Marshall. But um, Allison grew up on her... Yeah, man, a lot of those, um, Destra, a lot of those, Sherry Winchester. Oh, man, so many, so many to call. Yeah, all, all amazing, amazing artists um, who definitely. have definitely influenced Soka so much over the years. Um, mm -hmm. So a lot of people know you for your amazing hit songs. Um, what I think a lot of people, well, I shouldn't say a lot of people because I know people know you're an amazing producer too, but I think more people are kind of used to always seeing you on stage, but you do a lot of stuff behind the scenes with the music. Mm -hmm. So you, you are what we call a triple threat, right? You are a producer, mm -hmm. an artist, and a writer. How do you manage to kind of juggle all three of those? I mean, I mean, I try to do something every day. So if I'm not writing, I'm producing. If I'm not producing, I would be outperforming. I just, I just go with the flow, really. You know, if, if I wake up today and I feel like writing a song, chances are I'm going to write it, produce it one time, and then sing it, put it put down the vocals. So in any case, instead of juggling, they all just happen one after the other, really. Amazing. So it's kind of like building up this momentum and keeping it going. Yeah, and just awesome. keep flowing. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So you've written for some, you know, you've written some many uh, soca hits in the past, so many of them. Can you name a few songs that you've had a, a hand in writing? Um, yeah, I did um, My Kind of Party by Drew. Um, I did um, I Got You as well by Drew. Um, I worked on Rough Wine. I wrote Rough Wine for Marshall. Um, Closer by Hyper Sounds. Rock That Body by Father Fox. Um, who else? Mr. Sweet Wine by Alison Hines. Um, last year, Rick had a song called... Fetting Mood, I think that, that I think that was was the name of it. We did that actually in 2015, and uh, it was Mega Monday. Mega Monday, Joaquin's first big hit, This Place. You know that was me. I wrote Manager. I wrote Hole. I wrote Only Thing. <laughs> no, um, 
But yeah, just to name a few, some of everybody, man. Some of everybody. That's amazing. Yeah, all really, really, really big tunes right there. You know, well-known tunes that always be mashing up effects and always be getting your girls to whine a little bit and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Your friend, I'm going to take a quick look into the chat real quick. Tamara, big up yourself. Gel, Fringe, I see ya. Gems Carnival, big up yourself. Um, so one of the next questions I wanted to ask you, um, you know, you have done an incredible job on your marketing, right? So you mean the album drop, the album was available on all these platforms, whether it be, you know, Spotify, um, Apple. What's the importance of artists right now, especially younger soca artists or artists who might feel a bit discouraged to get their music out there on all these platforms? Uh, I mean, it's simple. So it could be easily available, you know, to anybody anywhere in the world because you never know where your music is or where it might end up, you know? And to have it on so many platforms, it means that if somebody in France come across it and they, and they want to get it, they don't have to, to dig up and look and try to find it. They can easily just go there and, and get it. So, yeah, just so it's, it's more accessible, really. Got you, got you. Um, you've been in the game for a while now, right? And, mm-hmm. you know, we have this dope album and, and we have all these amazing tunes. What were some of the biggest challenges you faced along the way to get to where you are now? Um, definitely one of the challenges would have to be finances. Yeah, because it's, it's very expensive to do music. My way of combating that was to learn everything on my own. So YouTube became my friend. So that was, that was one of the challenges. Um, getting in contact with like, the people who matter. You know, getting on radio, getting on D, um, getting to the DJs, getting in the newspaper, um, yeah, getting yeah, getting the music out there. You know, finding finding people that that actually see the vision, you know, and that would help you drive the, the ship forward and support support the movement. And that's why I got big up my team because without the team, you know, just they won't be just D today, because the guys the guys go hard. So, yeah, man. That's amazing. It's good to hear that you have a, a really successful team that believes in you as an artist and sees your vision. Um, I could definitely see the, the financial um, aspect being a, a struggle. You know, one of the things that we recently were talking about on um, Soka Analyst was that that's possibly one of the reasons that we think that artists might not want to make new music right now. It's just because mm-hmm. they don't really see a return on investment on it if they can't perform. You know, do do you feel especially right now that that would be um, an issue as to why artists aren't making more music? Yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, performing is a, is a huge, huge part of the income process for, for artists. But, I mean, there's streaming right now. Streaming, you can make money off of streaming, you know, and, and right now the internet is a huge place. Everybody's on the internet. You know, once you play your cards right and do your marketing, you can still make something. Something's better than nothing, in my opinion. Something's better than nothing. Absolutely. And we've seen how you are able to take full advantage of all the resources available. I think uh, you touched on as well, educating yourself when it comes to, um, you know, whether that be producing, writing or, or being an artist. Um, how important do you feel that that education is for artists, whether that be, you know, them learning actual, you know, chords and, and musical notes, like, or is it something where you feel like you can just kind of, anybody can really learn it? No, I think, I think it's very important. 
because the more you know and and what you want to do you know the better for you you know you can apply it and and and, and create some amazing stuff like for instance this time now when you're at home you know if you wanted to, to to do a production for yourself and you know how to play a one two three cards you know you can figure it out and you can save money you don't have to to look for money to try to find a producer to do it if you can do it yourself the same thing if you if you have to cut a few dub plates and you just know how to record and and stop recording you can record your own dub plates and save that money having to spend it on studio time you know so i think it's important you know to have education about what you're doing the feel that you're into the more you know the like the more you can actually do you know like you could do your own posters do your own little videos everything keep all that in house and actually put out stuff faster definitely yeah and i've seen that you know you're definitely really talented and and that you are extremely well-rounded right so mm-hmm. i hope all the artists and the the young up and coming artists especially are taking notes because these are some valuable valuable gems coming from just you right now mm-hmm. um when the next question i want to ask is specifically about uh the beijing soccer right so um some people have said that beijing soccer has changed over the years some people argue that it might not have as much influences that used to have back in the days during like the Beijing invasion what are mm-hmm. your thoughts on that do you see that Beijing soccer has evolved and changed and has grown or do you see that the influence from it has changed like what are your thoughts on the evolution and change of of Beijing music um well i think it has changed i mean nothing stays the same you know i i think it has evolved you know has it evolved for the for the better I don't know that that's you know up to the listener but there there are a lot of different factors too because like back in the days you know you would have had less artists on the circuit um so that would be less competition and then you know there wasn't a social media you know there's a lot of different factors now we have all the social media we have a thousand people dropping songs daily to compete with and then all the other islands too and then one one of the issues i think we have that that people might be saying the beijing music is not the same is because it's not being exposed to it you know and 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 that's a big issue like i i find we don't really have a lot of djs on the on the on the whole circuit not not nearly as much as trinity djs or even the small island djs you know that could actually represent you know and then another thing too i think maybe the music is not is not getting you know to these people so they could be aware of it definitely But has it changed it, it has to me it has evolved amazing yeah i see jell right here in the comments saying exactly fully fully agree with that one so mm-hmm. in other words it could the music is being created and and, right. and the artists are there and the producers there the writers are all there but it's just not maybe getting that exposure that it should be getting <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. Understood. Okay. Really, we have. Because you, you, because you, you can have, you can have a great song, but if you don't have any listeners, you know, the song not gonna go anywhere. It's not gonna do anything. Definitely. And with that, I mean, it. I think that begs the question of then, what is the future of of Beijing music? I kind of, where do you see it going then? Well. If things change, you know, and 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 artists find, you know, a way to get the music out, you know, then I see it, you know, breaking barriers like 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 
all the other island music. You know, because we have great music here. We have great producers here, you know, great artists, great songs. We just need people to hear them. That's all. So I see it going forward once we pass that challenge. Absolutely. And I, and I think that really echoes on your points of artists taking full advantage of the, all these streaming platforms they can mm -hmm. to really, really push it, especially at a time like this where, you know, everybody is at home and you can kind of grab everybody's attention. So Correct. all really, really good points. Um, speaking about the, the soca from the other islands and stuff, are there any songs or type of sounds that you like um, from any other specific Caribbean islands, whether that be, you know, maybe like the Denry segment sound, whether that be the job sound from Grenada mm -hmm. or kind of the, the bouillon that we get from Dominica. Is, is there any kind of specific sound that you really like? Um, I like the Denry. To me, the Denry has that, you know, that, that global song, you know, that like Af Afro kind of vibe to it. Yeah, so I definitely like that. The bouillon nice too. I've been in St. Martin uh, Carnival already. And yeah, the bouillon just be good energy, especially when you're in the facts, boy. Mm -hmm. Definitely. To me, it have that real like raw sound, you know, it is yeah. really get, get in your veins, you know, <laughs> it doesn't waste no time. Um, are there any other artists, whether that be in Soka or outside of Soka that you would really, really love to collaborate with? Yeah, obviously, I'm not expecting to give out any secrets, but <laughs> any, any, anybody else that if there was any artist you could collaborate with, who would it be? Mm -hmm. um, probably Rihanna first up. Because she's the biggest thing. Bad gallery. Right now. Bad gallery. So that would be a, a, a massive one. But um, I mean, but any of the great ones, man. Patrice, the same Destras, um, Chancia, you know, basically any artist that, that, you know, just serious about this stuff and doing great stuff, man. You know, that inspires people, that gives me inspiration. Yeah. Absolutely. All really, really phenomenal artists. Um, where do you kind of see the future of Soka going in general? I know it's a big question, but given the mm -hmm. trends and how you have an ear for producing and for writing and also for singing, where do you kind of see Soka moving in maybe, let's say, like the next five, ten years or so? In the next five, ten years, I see Soka crossing over as big as maybe Afrobeats did. You know, I think, I think it's growing you know, more and more artists are experimenting. You know, they're doing their own thing. They, they have their own style. So I definitely see it crossing borders and, and impacting in the world in a big way, man. Because, I mean, it's happy music. And, and everybody, I think people prefer to be happy over anything else. So Absolutely. Yeah, mm -hmm. Soka is just a different genre. It is hit yeah, people man. differently, you know. And I think one of the fascinating things with Soka is seeing how it's received in... Um, the Spanish-speaking countries. Uh, for mm -hmm. example, uh, when I visited Panama, and I came out the airport, got into an Uber ride. The first mm -hmm. thing that was playing on the radio was Soca. And Soca. I was so, so, like, blown away because, you know, the, the driver was saying, you know, I don't understand what they're saying, but it sounded real nice. <laughs> <laughs> so I think Soca definitely has that vibe. Um, what do you think it takes for Soca to appeal more on a global scale? Um, definitely the concept, you know, I think uh, a, a relatable concept that 95% of the world could say, you know what? Yeah, I, I feel that. I know exactly, you know, what he, what he or she's talking about. Yeah, I, I, I'm probably, I guess, a, a, a little more standard English. 
because I, I find maybe that's one of the problems too. A lot of the, the, the people from the other countries can't understand our slangs that well. So maybe maybe that and, and the concepts. I feel you, yeah. I, I think um, you bring up a really important point, especially when you talk about the potential language barriers. But, you know, we, mm-hmm. we, have, seen, we have seen how some soca songs, just because the linguistics is correct at the right time, can really yeah. go global. Like, I think Who Let the Dogs Out, you know? N- nobody expected it to do what it did, you know? But then we've also seen other songs right out from Barbados with Rupee, just taking things super, yes. super global, you know? Fast, so, fast, fast. I, I think I think it's one of those things where you who are doing the right thing, which are just continuously trying and experimenting and seeing where it goes, um, will definitely increase the chances of Soka going going global. Mm-hmm. Um, before I let you go, Justy, can you tell us uh, what is the future now for Justy specifically? You know, where where do you see yourself in your music and evolving and going? Well, I definitely looking to, you know, cross over in a big way, you know, hit the main stage. I keep saying I would love, love to be on the Grammy platform. You know, I'm gonna speak that into being. Um, just putting out, you know, quality music, staying consistent, you know, growing the fan base, becoming a, a, a household name and inspiring and you know, just just one of those people in the industry, you know, that that, that the younger ones would look up to. Amazing, amazing. And I, I'm definitely sure there's many artists out there that look up to you and, and see your journey and the hard work that you're putting in. Um, mm-hmm. We got one more question here from mm-hmm. Love Soka themselves. What is your favorite track on the album? Ah, you know, the funny thing is my favorite track changes every day when I listen. <laughs> I think my favorite track today would be... Uh, that's a hard one. Goodbye. Yeah, goodbye. Today. And then we'll see when the next interview, what, what, the, uh, what the next favorite is, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bro. Real vibes, real vibes. So, Justy, tell us where can we find you? Where can we find your album? Let mm-hmm. us know everything. Well, you can find the album on all streaming platforms. Spotify, Apple, Tidal. If you're still using Napster, Napster, Rhapsody, you name it, it's there. Um, you can click the link in my bio if you want to find it faster. I suggest that. Or go to my website, IamJustD.com, and all the links will be there. Real vibes. You heard everyone. Make sure you check out Just D's album. Get it, listen to it, stream it, support your Caribbean artists. All right, let us know your thoughts on it. Just D, I want to say thank you so much again for taking the time to join Let's Talk Soka the D Soka analyst take over on the Live Love Soka page. Much love and respect, brother. Yeah, man. Blessings. And stay safe, bro. Likewise. Be safe, everyone. To find us again next week, Wednesday, Moto on Let's Talk Soka. Big up and bless, everybody. Much love.